Matthew chapter 1, look what it says. Um, well, let's just read 21. And she'll bear, she'll bear a what? A son, and, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by who? By the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with what? Child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. I want to talk about this morning beating the holiday blues. I told you last week that this is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. As a matter of fact, it has all the appearances of the most wonderful time of the year. I was watching a documentary the other day on PBS. And on PBS, they did a documentary about Colombia that for centuries now, notice when I said centuries, there have been a civil uprising uh, where there are guerrilla fighters, people who have abandoned uh, their natural functions in life and, and their daily duties to fight to overthrow the government. They call them guerrilla fighters. These men, and there were thousands of them, have lived in the jungle. They have lived in the jungle for all these years. The fight didn't start with them. The fight started with somebody else. And, but the revolution continued. And now in 2016, Colombia is trying to get back to a normal way of life. And one of the things that I saw in this, in this documentary that intrigued me the, the most was what they did to, to they, they hired an ad agency to come up with a way to get to these guerrilla fighters, those who have left their parents. They were showing the parents and they would show their children, the young men, when they left home, they were like 15 and 16 years old and they're generations to generations and they're out here fighting the government. The government has tried to make peace treaties with them, but they will not take peace. But this great advertiser had such a wonderful idea and what he did was he went out and, and, and they started a campaign telling them to come back home, come back home. And what this ad agency did, I thought was truly heroic in, some sense, in a sense. They went out to the jungle and they got Christmas lights and they start wrapping it around trees and they start wrapping around trees and they, and they lit up the jungle with lights to say to them that we still, the, the light of Christmas, amen, can shine bright in your life and it's time for you to come home. As a result of that one campaign, amen, 
uh, over 18,000, amen, refugees, uh, uh, soldiers came back home. They threw down their guns and they came home and reunited with their family. I thought about, it's amazing how the light of the world, Jesus, amen, the, the, just the whole idea of bringing the light to a dark place, how, amen, it brought these men, how they threw down their guns, they threw down their revolution, and they came home and reunited with their family. I thought about Jesus. I thought about him being the light of the world. I thought about all the houses that I see in my neighborhood. And how when we drive by, yes, there's lights out, but the question is, do we know the significance of the light? Then they took, after the Christmas lights, what they did, they went out and they had these little balls and they had messages in it with a light in there. And they took thousands of them and they threw them into the sea, into the river, and it floated all the way to the others. Now they have thousands and thousands of soldiers out here, amen, that joined that revolution's revolution, but here it is, the light. I'm trying to go somewhere. I'm trying to go somewhere. And it's amazing how in this season, how it can be dark for some of us. Yeah. It's amazing in this season where, where there's so much light. I don't know about you. Have anybody here put lights up at their house? Have any of you seen the light, amen? What does the light represent to you? And I believe that with that ad campaign, they showed once and again that light does dispel darkness, that light can draw out, come on somebody, people from a dark world. And, and yes, we know that Christmas is about Jesus, but it's amazing how it's, it's all, he's always put to the side. It's no longer Merry Christmas, it's Happy Holiday. Amen. It's people not wanting to talk about the light of the world. And it's amazing that so many of us are trying to beat the blues. We're, we've probably been unemployed for a while or we've probably, you know, don't have the money to, amen, to do what we really want to do. But yet, saints, I told you last week that that's not what this season is all about. If Christmas lights can draw Amen. These hardcore criminals out of a jungle. Just think if we were to bring the light of the world. Come on, somebody. Just imagine if we can bring the light of the world, amen, in our neighborhoods. What if we were to bring the light of the world in our lives in a season like this where we should be rejoicing? In a season like this where we should be uh, praising God and enjoying the life that he's given us, the new life that he's given us, some of us are walking around with our heads hung low. But I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today, let you know, I want to exhort you and encourage you that no matter how you feel, God is still powerful that God is still in control and God can pull you up out of the pits and the pitfalls of this season if you don't focus on Santa but focus on the Savior. I'm going somewhere. And it's oftentimes we're so focused on the secular that we miss the spiritual meaning of this season. 
I want to encourage you. Last week I told you you ought to focus on the what? The facts. I told you, number two, that you must focus on his birth. Make this season all about his birth. Make this season, when you stand before on Christmas morning at your Christmas tree, I want you to say, this is not about me receiving gifts. It's about him giving us the greatest gift. With the lights wrapped around your trees, come on somebody, and all of the trappings, if you have a tree, amen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, God, thank you for giving us the greatest gift, amen, that ever, that ever lived. And so I thank God today that even though there are some people going through this season, even though there's some of us, amen, not really understanding why we feel this way, I want you to change your focus and focus on his birth. I told you focus on the bride. I told you focus on the miracle, but I also told you to focus on the blessings. When you think about your life in 2016, come on somebody, when you think about all that God has done for you, Listen, you came close to some, amen, bad situations. Some of us could have been dead and gone, amen. You know, in 12 months, a lot can happen. But thank God that in spite of how I feel, you got to fight your feelings. You got to fight the funk, amen, that you get into sometimes. Because let me say this, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But God says, Jesus said, I come that you may have what? Life and that you may have it what? Abundantly. The question is, are you living that abundant life? And so, amen, in order for us to uh, get back focused this season, I thought that I would introduce you to the greatest man that ever lived and that is Jesus. I, I, I looked at his genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, and, and, and I found some interesting things here. I found that he is of the ancestor, of, one of his ancestors is Rahab. I thought that to be interesting. I, I found that in Jesus' lineage, he show, it shows that God takes imperfect people and bring forth, amen, great things out of them. And so no matter where you are right now in your life, no matter how, what you're going through this morning, I want to encourage you that you ought to focus on the fact that God did something for you and I. He did something so special, but here's the thing. Don't miss what he's doing. The Bible says that um, he was, David was the father of Solomon. This is in ge his genealogy. But then it says in verse 17, it says, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David to deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. So all together, we have what? 42 generations that Jesus came through this lineage. This is his line. And why is that so important? Because it authenticates what the whole Bible is all about. And so we find now, we, last week we talked about his conception, that the Holy Spirit, amen, was the one that conceived the child in Mary. Am I right about it? It says here in verse 19, And Joseph, her husband, 
being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her. We talked about that, right? He planned to what? Send her away secretly. Let, let me say this. And I said this last week. It's amazing how a righteous man as Joseph, how he could have taken this, he could have taken this situation the wrong way. But because he was a righteous man, amen, I told you, if, you find, if, you get, if you're engaged and you find your, amen, your fiance is pregnant before y'all got together, Houston, we got a problem. Am I right about it? But here we find that Joseph said, you know what? I'm not going to disgrace her. I'm going to send her away, what? Secretly. In other words, in his moment of despair, he did not panic. Watch this. He did not think the worst. He thought about protecting her. I'm going somewhere. Oftentimes, when we find ourselves in difficult circumstances, I believe that when we panic, we can blow it up to watch this, to make it into something else. But thanks be to God that Joseph gives us a good example of what we ought to do, watch this, because the blessing was coming. See, but what he did was, he, watch this, he did an honorable thing. And so we find here in the text, we find the passage says, it says in verse, uh, verse, 20, verse, uh, verse 20, it says, but when he had considered this, amen, taken away secretly, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, the son of, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. He was a spirit-born child. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name what? Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. You see, here's the problem in this season. If we focus on the birth of Jesus and the miracle that surrounds it, every December, when we get to this time, it won't be about us. It will be about the greatest miracle that had happened 2,000 years ago on this day. Now, I want you to follow me now. Watch this. His birth was miraculous. Amen. He came to do what? To save his people from what? From their sins. Verse 22 says what? Look what it says. It says, now all this, all what? <laughs> Amen. All this took place to do what? To fulfill. Now you got to stop right there. Over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament. 300 prophecies that this would happen. And here we have from Malachi to Matthew, there's a 400-year period of silence. God hadn't spoken. I'm going to say it one more time. God had not spoken 
for 400 years, but now he speaks. Now he breaks the silence by bringing forth the greatest gift ever. So watch this. So if I were to say to you, how do I beat the holiday blues? You say, how does this all tie into me beating the holiday blues? I'm going through. I'm broke. Amen. I took a payday. I don't know how I'm going to pay him back. Amen. My phone is off. Amen. My rent is due. I looked at my bank account. I don't have enough. Amen. But how, what does this have, all have to do with me, pastor? So if I were to say to you, right, how do I beat the holiday blues? The text says all this ha took place, right, to do what? To fulfill. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is faithful. No, 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 no. Tell him again. God is faithful. Now watch this. It was promised in the Old Testament. There's a 400-year period of silence. Now watch this. Now if you lived between that 400 period time, some of them died, didn't even see it. But watch this. We're blessed because we live, watch this, on the other side of the 400 years. We're blessed. Because we're living on the other side of what? The 400 years. Can you imagine there were people who were standing around saying, man, you know what? It ain't happening. I read it in the Old Testament, but it don't look like it's coming to pass. I'm going somewhere with this. Watch this. You've been asking God. Come on, somebody. You've been praying. You've been seeking him. As a matter of fact, you've been waiting for your fulfillment. I'm going somewhere. You've been asking God, God, please, would you help me, God? Would you help me in my circumstance? And you're wondering why it's taking so long. And here come December. I wish I had somebody. Here come the holiday blues. But I want to show you something. I want to show you something that's so powerful. Watch this. So they're reading the Old Testament. They come to the intertestamental period. But now you have God breaking his silence. And the first thing he does when he breaks his silence is he fulfills his promise. My first point is, if you're going to beat the holiday bruise, you have to focus on God's faithfulness to fulfill his promise. Give God a praise right there. Focus, saints, on God's faithfulness to do what? To fulfill his promise. God, if you said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I'm going somewhere. God, you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Come on, somebody. I know that right now it doesn't look like much. Right now it doesn't look like everything is going to work out. But you got to hold on to God's unchanging hands. You have to believe that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. But see, here's the thing. I used to feel down on Christmas. I used to 
feel bad around Christmas. I used to start feeling, man, I can't do this and I can't do that. I remember those days. Listen, listen, it's human nature to feel this way and it makes sense to me because when you keep your focus on the right reason, you'll understand why the Magi's brought gifts to him. I wish I had somebody. Why did they bring gifts to him? Because they understood that he was the greatest thing that would ever live. But what I love about God is that whatever he promises, I'm going to say it one more time, whatever he promises, here's a promise for you. I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never, that's a promise, seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. You know what that means? That's a guarantee. That no matter how bad it may look right now, no matter how tough it may be right now, God will never let you go without. Here's the thing. Here's another promise. That if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all, I'm going to say it one more time, all these things will be added unto you. What things, I'm glad you ask. What things? Food, clothing, and shelter. God says, I'll take care of you. But the problem with us saints, we start thinking like Gentiles. Jesus said, what's wrong with you? (laughs) You're thinking like a Gentile. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The one thing that you and I have to, I'm getting happy by myself. Here's the thing. The one thing you have to get good with and understand, saints, is that God will keep his promise. Here's the thing. He said this would happen. The text says now all this took place. You know what the problem is? We are trying to figure out God's timing and we can't figure it out. And so what you and I have to get good with is asking God, God, I'm not asking you when. Amen. I'm not asking you how. I'm going to ask you, God, what is your will? Oh, I wish I had somebody. You heard what I just said? God, what? What is your what? Will. Help me, Lord, to find a promise. In this season, you got to grab your promise. You got to hold on to that promise and you got to stand on that promise all the way until you see what God has prepared for you and know this, it will come to pass. Turn to your name and say, it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. It will come. Listen, you've got to say it with some conviction. Turn to your neighbors and neighbors. It's going to come to pass. But you've got to focus on the fact that God is faithful. Now watch this. Watch this. 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that says that a child would be born in Isaiah. The government will be on his shoulders. He would bear the sins of the world, but watch this. It hadn't happened. Now, you and I are not living in that 400-year period of silence. 
Now, the only way that you possibly are saying today, I don't hear nothing from God, hallelujah, is because you're not living in his will. Because if you're not hearing from God, it means that you are not in his word. Because God has spoken and he has left on record 66 books. Come on, somebody. That he has spoken clearly that your life is in his hands. I'm going somewhere. You see, one of the things that I thank God for is that in this season, even in my dilemma that I testified about earlier, I said, God, I know that you're faithful. That God, I know you're not going to leave me and my family out here without medical insurance. I'm going somewhere. And I thank God that I believed in his promises. I said, God, you're going to take care of us because I know that I've given my life to serving you. And saints, sometimes you got to recall, amen, in your heart that you are a servant of God, that you've been faithful to serving him, that you believe in his word. Come on, somebody. You see, when, when our focus is on God, not, not, watch this, and nothing else, you can beat your holiday blues. Do I have anybody? I want to tell you, God is faithful. And if God is faithful, then we ought to believe. But here's the thing, it takes your faith. Watch this. The disciples, I was, I was going to preach that day. I said, no, nah, I'm going to stay, stay right. The disciples, Jesus told them to get in the boat. Right? That's Luke 8. Jesus told them, hey, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. The Bible says a fierce a fierce wind started to blow. The water starts coming into the boat and this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that the disciples were terrified. Yes. See, that's what happens to us. We have the faith to get in the boat but we don't have the faith when things start going wrong. Now, you know where Jesus was? He was at the bottom of the boat, sleep. Here's the thing. If Jesus is at the bottom of your boat, sleep, what are you worried about? <laughs> I'm just saying, what are you concerned? See, here's what happened to the disciples. They lost Focus. And when you lose focus, you forget. Write this down. When you lose focus, you ready for this? You forget his promises. Are you with me? The text goes on to say, verse 22. Now all these took place to fulfill what was what? Spoken by who? By who? By the Lord through the prophets. Now, my question is what was the prophet saying? <laughs> A Savior will be born. 
one will be born so that your sins would be forgiven. So watch this. Here's what Satan's tactic is in this season. Let me get you to focus on the wrong message. So my next point, not only must you focus on what? The fact that God is faithful to fulfill his promise. I got one more point, we go. But focus on the what? Can I ask you something? What is the message of this season? It should be, right? But are we focused on Jesus? No. We are, we, listen, some of us haven't even thought about him. Not in this season. When you go out to those stores and you see people grabbing bags and stuff, and you're like, man, I ain't got nothing. I'm broke. I got some candy wrappers in my pocket. <laughs> it's all I got. Lint. Have you ever been there? Oh, y'all, y'all ain't been to the bottom yet. Huh? Have you been there? Watch this. If you focus on the right message, you'll understand why or what this season is all about. What's the right message? Jesus. And I'm not trying to be super spiritual here, but what I'm saying is if every December I keep my focus on the right message, then I'll be able to share that message with somebody else. Because it's in a time like this when people around you are depressed. Come on, somebody. They're down. They, they don't understand what's going on. They feel bad or, or they just feel down. They don't, they, they, they're thinking about lost family members. You can come next to them and say, here's the message for this season. That Jesus was born to save us. And being saved in this season could be the greatest gift that you ever got in your life. Somebody here, I want to tell you something. There are some people right now in your life, in your circle, at your house, somewhere around you, their focus is on the wrong thing. And here's the thing, they're missing the bigger picture, but possibly you can be the one to share the right message with them. What is the message on television right now? Hmm. Amen. It's on sale. Amen. Savings. Cyber Monday. Cyber Wednesday. Everything is cyber. And we're missing the right message. Now, you're going to, you know, it's nothing wrong with you going shopping, but what I'm saying is don't, Listen, the message of this season is usually not about Jesus. It's Jingle Bell and Santa and Rudolph. Can I ask you something? What can Santa do for you? Has Santa ever done anything for you? Huh? 
Can you pray to Santa? Will he answer your prayer? I'm not trying to break the hopes of little kids, but remember what I told you last week? Amen. They spend half a million dollars for us to believe a lie. And if, listen, this is what Hitler said. Hitler said, if you tell a lie long enough, I, I used to say the devil said that until I heard in a documentary where Hitler said, if you tell a lie long enough, people will believe it. Listen, don't lie to yourself about how you feel. But if you change your focus, and say, God, I'm going to focus on the right message. Watch this. And I'm closing. Watch what he says. He says here in verse 23. He says, behold, the virgin. Now, this is the angel talking to him, right? Is that right? The angel talking to Joseph. And the angel said, behold, the virgin shall be with child. And shall bear a what? A son. This is the part. He says, he says, it will bear a son, and they shall call his name. Why would they call his name in this season? Emmanuel. Some of you are lonely. Some of you are broken. Some of you are missing some loved ones. But I want to tell you something. Many have gone, but he is still with you. And he will be with you after this season. And he will be with you in January. And he will be with you in all of 2017. He'll be with you when you're up, and he'll be with you when you're down. The last point is this. Not only must you focus on the fact that what? That he'll fulfill his promise. The right message. But lastly, focus on the fact that what? That what? God is with us. Saints, I want to tell you something. That's great news. That's not good news. Listen to me. When you're walking by yourself, when you start thinking, you know, when your mind starts wandering a little bit, I want you to remind yourself, Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with us. God, baby, we can't pay this rent. God is with us. Man, we can't buy what we want to buy for everybody. God is with us. Baby, it's not really all about that anyways, but guess what? God is with us. And if you keep holding on to that message, and if you focus on the fact, he says his, his, his name, he, didn't, he called him Jesus, didn't he? But, but then he said, he said, you should bear something. He called him Jesus later, but he says, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. What? Can I ask you something? 
What does that name mean to you? Does it mean anything? Does it, does it bring hope? Does it help you where you are right now? The name, Emmanuel. God with us. You know, in ballroom dancing, the job of the man, amen, is different than the job of the woman. The job of the man is to lead. Amen. The job of the woman, if he partner, if, if her, if she knows well, she knows that she knows that his job is to lead and her job, her job is to follow. You see, his job is to watch the floor. Amen. His job is to see where all the other dancers are. Amen. To keep her protected. She puts his hand, her hands in his hands. Come on, somebody. She puts her shoulders on his shoulders. And he, listen to me real good, sets the pace. You with me? She just kind of glides and don't worry about anything. Guess what? And he takes care of everything. Well, Jesus, come on somebody. He wants to know, will you put your hands in his hands? Would you put your shoulders in his shoulders this season and let him lead, let him guide, let him lead you around, let him watch let him watch us. Let him protect you. See, when we lose focus, saints, we start, what we start doing in this season, we miss the real message. What's the right message? Jesus, God, I thought that is so profound. God is with us. The Bible says, he said, he'll never leave you, nor will he forsake you. But what you and I have to do this season is to stay focused on him. Are you willing today, amen, to yoke up with him? Are you willing today to say, you know what? I'm going to beat this holiday blues.